Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you, dear Lord, for giving us an opportunity to be among the living. And we pray, Father, that the life you have given to us shall be used to exalt and glorify your name on this earth. Lord, we have before us a mighty foe. Temptations, trials come along our way. Sometimes we have seen ourselves falling into sin and denying you, not bringing glory to your name. But we thank you, Lord, for how you have been strengthening and helping us. We pray that this shall be another moment for us to receive strength and help from you. You have promised us in your word that we should call upon you in the day of trouble and you will deliver us. Lord, every day for us is almost like a day of trouble. We have our temptations. We pray, Father, that you deliver us and we pray that as we go through our devotion now, it shall be strength and we shall find something to inspire us to have the courage to face the troubles that we pass through on this earth. Prepare us for your coming, dear Lord, and put your Holy Spirit in all of us. Put your words in my mouth too, as I, that the words spoken may bless your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 6 God sent his angel. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Daniel chapter 6 verse 16 Daniel was high in command. The accusing host of evil angels stirred up the presidents and princes to envy and jealousy. These agents of Satan sought to make his faithfulness to God the cause of his destruction. The king was ignorant of the subtle mischief proposed against Daniel. With full knowledge of the king's decree, Daniel still bows before his God, his windows being open. He considers supplication to God of so great importance that he would rather sacrifice his life than relinquish it. God did not prevent Daniel's enemies from casting him into the lion's den. He permitted evil angels and wicked men thus far to accomplish their purpose. But it was that he might make the deliverance of his servant more marked and the defeat of the enemies of truth and righteousness more complete. Through the courage of this one man who chose to follow right rather than policy, Satan was to be defeated and the name of God was to be exalted and honored. Early the next morning, King Darius hastened to the den and cried with a lamentable voice, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? The voice of the prophet replied, O king, live forever. My God had sent his angel and had shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. 
Daniel in the lion's den was the same Daniel who stood before the king as chief among the ministers of state and as a prophet of the Most High. A man whose heart is stayed upon God will be the same in the hour of his greatest trial as he is in prosperity when the light and favor of God and of man beam upon him. The power that is near to deliver from physical harm or distress is also near to save from the greater evil, making it possible for the servant of God to maintain his integrity under all circumstances and to triumph through divine grace. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God Sent His Angel. We left off seeing how a new kingdom came after Babylon, that is the Medo-Persian Empire. And even in this kingdom, Darius, the one who was head of it, singled out Daniel and placed him as the head of all the kingdom. Why? Because it was apparent that an excellent spirit was found in him. And the people who hated him, what did they do? They tried to find fault in him, but they could not find any. And we learned the lesson that it is possible the God who did it for Daniel is our God. And he can make it to be that we also can be found without fault and be spotless. But remember, Daniel didn't get there just by relaxing and the Lord did everything. Many people want to be like Daniel today, but they don't want to do what Daniel did. If you want to be like Daniel, then do what he did. Is it castration? If you want to do that, go ahead. There's no sin in it. There's a blessing pronounced on the eunuchs in the book of Isaiah chapter 56. God blessed them. But even if you don't want to do that, our Lord Jesus, there's no um, evidence that he was an eunuch. And we have people like Job and Moses. They were not eunuchs, but God blessed them. Even with their married uh, families and their married uh, life, they were still made perfect like Daniel was. People like Enoch himself was married. He had a son called Methuselah. He was like Daniel. So being an Enoch is not what I'm referring to when I say we should do what Daniel did. But what we are going to look at today is part of the things that we have to do if we must be like Daniel, those without fault. Daniel chapter 6 reading from verse 4 says, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then, this, then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it may be that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber, 
toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Amen. You know, this story of Daniel usually baffles and even the deepest and best of Christians. The reason is because there is no command that says that you must pray in a particular way. Why didn't Daniel close his windows and pray? Why didn't he pray in his heart? Is there anything? This is not like Shadrach, Michigan, Abednego's case where they were told to bow. There's a direct commandment in the law of God that says you should not bow yourself to idols. So it was very clear. This was an idol and they were told to bow and they said, no, we will not bow. The one of Haman, the one of Mordecai and Haman is also another one that is clear also, but not even as clear as that of the children, those boys, Shadrach, Michigan, and Abednego, but it's still clear because he said he was a Jew. He can't bow. But this case of Daniel is so peculiar because it's strange. Why didn't he obey? The law of the land says nobody should pray to anybody. He could have easily closed his windows. I mean, the martyrs during the dark ages, they worshipped in secret. When the church, the Roman church came against them, or even the Roman Empire, when it was both papal and when it was also pagan, it came against the Christians. And even Jesus' command is, when they persecute you in one city, flee to another. In fact, he said, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Why wasn't Daniel wise to close the, the window and pray? We will see that this character of Daniel is very important if we must be among those who it is said of that in their mouth was found no guile and they are without spot without, uh, before the throne of God. That is the last generation of people whom the Lord will come to take alive on this earth. Reading from Prophets and Kings, page 540, paragraph 4 downward, it says, The Prophets... The prophet's enemies counted on Daniel's firm adherence to principle for the success of their plan, and they were not mistaken in their estimate of his character. He quickly read their malignant purpose in framing the decree, but he did not change his course in a single particular. Why should he cease to pray now when he most needed to pray? Rather, would he relinquish life itself than his hope of helping God? With calmness, he performed his duties as chief of the princes, and at the hour of prayer, he went to his chamber and with his windows open towards Jerusalem, in accordance with his usual custom, he offered his petition to the God of heaven. He did not try to conceal his act. Now the question is why? Now listen, it says, Although he knew full well the consequences of his fidelity to God, his spirit faltered not. Before those who were plotting his ruin, he would not allow it even to appear that his connection with heaven was severed. In all cases where the king had a right to command, Daniel would obey. But neither the king nor his decree would make him swerve from allegiance to the king of kings. Thus, the prophet boldly yet quietly and humbly declared that no earthly power has a right to interpose between the soul and God. Surrounded by idolaters, he was a faithful witness to this truth. His dauntless adherence to right was a bright light in the moral darkness of that hidden court. Daniel stands before the world today 
a worthy example of Christian fearlessness and fidelity. For an entire day the princes watched Daniel. Three times they saw him go to his chamber and three times they heard his voice lifted in earnest intercession to God. The next morning they laid their complaints before the king. Daniel, his most honored and faithful statesman, had set the royal decree at defiance. End of quote. So do you get it now? Why Daniel opened his windows to pray? He didn't want to give them the impression that they could actually infringe on his religious liberty. He didn't want to give them the impression that he actually was not praying and that they had gotten the victory while still seeing him every day going to work and coming back but yet they will think now that Daniel is no longer praying and they will feel like oh yes now we've gotten the victory. Now this is something that is very important because even in our own time how do we apply this? You know Jesus said that if we are persecuted in one place we are to flee to another. Matthew 10 verse 16 Behold I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. Now, if we look at this comment here where he says we should be wise as serpents and then he later says that we should flee when we are persecuted, we understand the principle that it's better that you go away from an environment rather than remain there and give the impression that you are following there are laws that says you should not worship God. Better to go in obscurity when no one is seeing you like the mart, like the reformers usually do. They would run away during that time when the Christians were persecuted under pagan room. And they would in secret be worshipping God. And they were right to do this because to have come out openly would have put your, been to put yourself in open uh, death. But in the case of Daniel, Daniel didn't want to give the impression that he was not praying and also the impression that it is possible for a throne, for a king to give a law that infringes on people's religious liberties. So what happened next? They reported Daniel to the king and the story goes that there was contention there. Daniel came humbly and spoke for himself, giving his reasons for doing what he did. And the king now knew what was going on. He didn't want to put Daniel in this situation. He labored till the evening, till the night to see how he could release Daniel but it was not possible. But God's hands was in it. Were it to be for the king alone, he would save Daniel. Because one would wonder, why didn't he at that moment release Daniel? He could have, even though the law of the Medes and Persians says that you cannot alter the law. He could have still altered it, it's just people's statements, but God overturned it. God overruled to ensure that Daniel was thrown into that lion's den. And Daniel was thrown. Daniel 6, reading from verse 16, says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And the stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace, and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. I can imagine that. He was having a mixture of sorrow and anger. 
because of these his princes who had set him up without him knowing and yet sorrow for Daniel who was in the lion's den but God was doing something this man was fasting fasting to who Daniel's God he didn't know about him but he was praying to Daniel's God and he had told Daniel your own God will deliver you God was about to reveal himself in a marvelous manner to King Darius it says in verse 19 then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions and when he came to the den he cried with a lamentable voice unto daniel and the king spake and said to daniel o daniel servant of the living god is thy god whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions then said daniel unto the king o king live forever my god hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men, which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the lion's den, them their children and their wives and the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den amen the lord is teaching us lessons here if we want to be like daniel then we must have this firm adherence to god a kind of faithfulness that is indomitable that can face dangers and still not flinch all through the time when the children of israel were in captivity they stayed for a long time over a hundred years though 70 years of captivity but they did not return to jerusalem till many many years later and all this while the only stories that are captured of the children of israel is among those who stood against the decrees of kings because of their conscientiousness to the law of god haman and mordecai's story is one of them mordecai stood for God's principles, even against the prince, the decree of the king when everyone was told to bow to Haman and Mordecai did not. Then Daniel and his brothers, three times, first of all, with respect to the king's food, they did not follow that instruction. With respect to um, the, the, the image that was brought for his brothers, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah to bow, they did not obey. And this last situation, Daniel was told not to pray to any other God and Daniel prayed to God and God delivered them all through this time. Four times God delivered his people and did not allow the evil ones to destroy him. God was also merciful to the heathen because they did not know him and he used this as a means to reveal himself to them. In the story of Daniel, we also see a lesson for ourselves, a typical example of what we have always been talking about, liberty of conscience threatened once again. Daniel is being told who he is to pray to and consequently who he is to worship. This is something God's people must understand clearly. God wants us to understand that we cannot give in to any demand to worship any other God or to pray to any other God. It is infringing on his religious liberties and on ours too and we are not giving to any law that says that. Prophets and Kings, page 543, paragraph 3 says, God did not prevent Daniel's enemies from casting him into the lion's den. 
He permitted evil angels and wicked men thus far to accomplish their purpose, but it was that he might make the deliverance of his servant more marked, and the defeat of the enemies of truth and righteousness more complete. Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee, Psalm chapter 76 verse 10, the psalmist has testified. Through the courage of this one man, who chose to follow right rather than policy, Satan was to be defeated and the name of God was to be exalted and honored. And in page 545 downward we are told, from the story of Daniel's deliverance, we may learn that in seasons of trial and gloom, God's children should be just what they were when their prospects were bright with hope and their surroundings all that they could desire. Do you understand the picture now? I'll continue the reading. Why did Daniel continue to pray? That it's trying to tell us that whatever we wear before trouble, we should maintain it during the trouble. That's what it is. Daniel, in the, the reading goes on to say, Daniel in the lion's den was the same. That was the same Daniel who stood before the king as chief among the ministers of state and as a prophet of the Most High. A man whose heart is stayed upon God will be the same in the hour of his greatest trial as he is in prosperity when the light and favor of God and of man beam upon him. Faith reaches to the unseen and grasps eternal realities. Heaven is very near those who suffer for righteousness sake. Christ identifies his interest with the interests of his faithful people. He suffers in the person of his saints and whoever touches his chosen ones touches him. The power that is near to deliver from physical harm or distress is also near to save from the greater evil, making it possible for the servant of God to maintain his integrity under all circumstances and to triumph through divine grace. The experience of Daniel as a statesman in the kingdom of in the kingdoms of Babylon and Medo-Persia reveals the truth that a businessman is not necessarily a designing policy man, but that he may be a man instructed by God at every step. In page 546 paragraph 2, we are now told, strict compliance with the requirements of heaven brings temporal as well as spiritual blessings. Unwavering in his allegiance to God, unyielding in his mastery of self, Daniel, by his noble dignity and unswerving integrity, while yet a young man, won the favor and tender love of the hidden officer in whose charge he had been placed. The same characteristics marked his afterlife. He rose speedily to the position of Prime Minister of the Kingdom of Babylon. Through the reign of successive monarchs, the downfall of the nation, and the establishment of another world empire, such were his wisdom and statesmanship, so perfect his tact, his courtesy, his genuine goodness of heart, his fidelity to principle, that even his enemies were forced to the confession that they could find no fault, none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Amen. So, here we see that lesson that many people need to learn today. Do you think that if you obey God, you are going to lose something? Jesus said, he that seeks to save his life will lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Daniel was ready to lose his life for Christ's sake, even though the lions did not eat him. 
But one thing we see concerning Daniel is this thing we read, strict compliance with the requirements of heaven brings temporal as well as spiritual blessings. God blesses those who adhere strictly to his law, both in temporal things and in spiritual things. Daniel was complying to God's word, not just to the moral law, but even to the law of his being with respect to his health and to the law of working in life. He was a businessman and strict compliance to the law of God is that he should be diligent in his business. There are some Christians who oh, they act oh, they are all moral, but when it comes to their businesses, they are not diligent. You do not represent Christ properly if you do that. In this, Daniel was elevated over and over again, and while he was in the highest position, which is very sensitive, he continued in his strict adherence to strict integrity in following the word of God. It got him into trouble like it will also get any other person into trouble in a wicked world in which we live. You cannot keep the commandments of God without getting into trouble with the authorities or with your superiors. You will certainly get into trouble like Daniel did. But when you do get into trouble, I pray that this story of Daniel shall so fill you with courage and firmness and you will be inspired with the same spirit and actuated with the same spirit he was actuated with that you will stand your ground. I usually ask the question, who has threatened me to be thrown to a lion's den? Has anybody put a gun to my head? Has anybody threatened to throw me into the fire? Why should I then be afraid? I am not standing before popes yet. I am not standing before kings emperors of the whole world yet many of us our knees knock when we come face to face with opposition with trials and temptations we are so weak like water we fear so much we tremble we lack faith in god we do not represent him like we should we are just a disgrace and embarrassment to god when we compromise our faith for what reason just for money just for ridicule just for the shame that's all but here it is People like Mordecai, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, their lives were at stake. They did not compromise. Is your life at stake? It may be your property, your job, your money that is at stake. Are we lovers of money that we cannot stand for God because of our money? because of our job, because of relationships. Some people will compromise because of a relationship. My husband said this, my wife said that, oh, I want to get married. And the person who said he wants to marry me is like he has made a law that I must change my views on this and that. And I cannot adhere strictly. I cannot comply strictly to the law of God. And then they compromise just so that they can preserve the marriage or the relationship or the job or the money or the property. But here is Daniel and also those who we have talked about before him, their lives were at stake. Not just Daniel's life, his job was at stake. But Daniel did not count it anything. He saw it as dung and he was ready to lose not just his job alone, but he was ready to lose his life. Same with Mordecai, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They said, Mordecai, those three boys said, O king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Let it be known that our God can deliver us and if he doesn't, we will not still bow. This is the spirit we need to have in these days. What are you afraid of? Some of us are so comfortable in our lives that we are afraid of what we call poverty. Have you seen poverty before? Do you know what poverty is? Have you been homeless? Even if you have, our Lord Jesus was homeless. What is it that you are afraid of suffering for Christ's sake? That you make those compromises. You deny Christ. 
Christ has said that if we deny him, he will also deny us. But if we confess him, then will he confess us. But not before then. We must learn to confess Jesus, especially as we come closer to the end of time. The king sealed that um, den where Daniel was. Oh, in sealing him. We can liken that to Daniel himself being sealed. And when he was sealed, the Lord protected him because he received the character of Christ. We must have that seal of God also. Reading from Last Day Events, page 221, paragraph 1, it says, The seal of the living God will be placed upon those only who bear a likeness in, to, to Christ in character. Continuing, it says, Those who receive the seal of the living God and are protected in the time of trouble must reflect the image of Jesus fully. Daniel was protected and he was reflecting the image of Jesus fully. And that's why he was protected. The seal of God will never be placed upon the forehead of an impure man or woman. It will never be placed upon the forehead of the ambitious, world-loving man or woman. It will never be placed upon the forehead of men or women of false tongues or deceitful hearts. All who receive the seal must be without spot before God, candidates for heaven. Love is expressed in obedience, and perfect love casteth out all fear. Those who love God have the seal of God in their foreheads and work the works of God. Those that overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil will be favored ones who shall receive the seal of the living God. Are we striving with all our God-given powers to reach the measure of the stature of men and women in Christ? Are we seeking for his fullness, ever reaching higher and higher, trying to attain to the perfection of his character? When God's servants reach this point, they will be sealed in their foreheads. The recording angel will declare, it is done. They will be complete in him, whose they are by creation and redemption. End of quote. This is what we must be and this is what we must be working towards. But we cannot be like Daniel if because of just small challenges in our homes, in our offices, in the community, we deny Christ. Because of our parents, friends, because of our job, because of a relationship, we deny Christ. Because of our business, nobody has put a gun to our head yet. Then what do you think you will do if you were put in Daniel's situation? Many of us will, will have our knees knocking. We won't even have a knocking. We will obey, comply immediately. We need to pray for God to give us that faith that can bear this kind of trial. But it is now that we are to build that faith. It is not when we get into the deepest troubles. Daniel had his time when he was built up. God didn't just bring him into the situation. Remember when they came to the university, they already started to build their faith by saying they will not eat of the king's meat. They chose to eat the right thing. They already were developing themselves a character of non-compliance. We need to learn to have that character of non-compliance. It is not everything that you are told that you will do. When you see that that thing is coming against your principles as, as regards the word of God. You cannot do that. Start developing such character today. Learn to stand before opposition. It may be your wife. It may be your husband. It may be your child. It may be your boss. But when you are told to do something that is not in harmony with God's will, humbly and gently stand firmly on your ground and refuse to comply. 
knowing very well that you are developing yourself that character of firmness which many lack today. But then, we are looking forward to a time of trouble that will come. And when this time comes, it is only a faith that can endure these things that will stand, that will keep us standing. Great Controversy, page 621, paragraph 2, says, The season of distress and anguish before us will require a faith that can endure weariness, delay, and hunger, a faith that will not faint though severely tried. The period of probation is granted to all to prepare for that time. Jacob prevailed because he was persevering and determined. His victory is an evidence of the power of importunate prayer. All who will lay hold of God's promises as he did and be as earnest and persevering as he was will succeed as he succeeded. Those who are unwilling to deny self, to agonize before God, to pray long and earnestly for his blessing will not obtain it. Wrestling with God, how few know what it is. How few have ever had their souls drawn out after God with intensity of desire until every power is on the stretch. When waves of despair, which no language can express, sweep over the suppliant, how few cling with unyielding faith to the promises of God. Those who exercise but little faith now are in the greatest danger of falling under the power of satanic delusions and the decree to compel their conscience. And even if they endure the test, they will be plunged into deeper distress and anguish in the time of trouble. Because they have not made it what? A habit. Because they have not made it a habit to trust in God. The lessons of faith which they have neglected, they will be forced to learn under a terrible pressure of discouragement. Oh my, what is this saying to us right now? God is taking us through experiences that should make us exercise faith so that exercising faith will be a habit for us. It was already a habit for Daniel. He could not stop praying. And we have learned now, if you don't agonize and pray Jacob-like, like Daniel also, we cannot be among those who will be without fault. And secondly, if we have not developed a character of non-compliance to things that are not in harmony with the word of God, especially when placed before opposition, then we will not find it easy when bigger trials come. We will be, we will be faced with so much discouragement and it will be very difficult for us to stand. We need to start cultivating today the character of non-compliance to things that are contradictory to God's word. Check when your husband is telling you to do something that is not in harmony with God's word. When your wife is doing the same. When your boss is doing the same. When the state is requesting from you to do something that you know is not in harmony with God's word. It may be in little matters. Just like that of Daniel. Prayer. It was a simple issue. Consequences was big. The, the matter was little. In your own too, the consequence may not be up to Daniel's own. But yet it is still a test. God is testing you. Learn to develop faith by doing what is right because that's what faith is faith means to obey to obey god's word and trust in him to take care of the situation that's what we should do continuing the reading we should now acquaint ourselves with god by proving his promises angels record every prayer that is in earnest that is earnest and sincere we should rather dispense with every selfish gratifications than neglect communion with god prayer the deepest poverty the greatest self-denial with his approval is better than riches, honors, 
ease and friendship without it. I take that again. The deepest poverty, the greatest self-denial with his approval is better than riches, honors, ease and friendship without it. We must take time to pray. If we allow our minds to be absorbed by worldly interest, the Lord may give us time by removing from us our idols of gold, of houses, or of fertile lands, end of quote. And that will be a mercy from the Lord to take away those things that are making it difficult for us to exercise faith in Him. And I pray the Lord is merciful to me and to you to do that to us because for some people, the Lord will not do it. He won't give you time. He may just neglect you. He says the Lord may give us time. I mean, not that he's compelled to. He may give us time by removing our idols from us. And I pray he does that if we make things difficult for us rather than just leave us to ourselves. This is what we must have. A life of prayer. Daniel could not neglect that prayer. As far as they made a law saying he should not pray to God, that one, he's not going to obey because that prayer was a source of his strength. And we must learn to be people of prayer. We must learn to be the same when there's prosperity and to be the same in adversity. Daniel did not change his behavior and his manner of doing things. He wouldn't send the message to them that he had the right to trample on his religious freedom. He wouldn't give them the right to think that he was no longer praying to God. He wanted to show clearly to everyone that he is still worshipping God. And I pray that all the lessons we've learned from here shall inspire us with the same zeal, courage, firmness, and indomitableness to do what is right wherever we find ourselves, regardless of the threat and regardless of the consequences. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for this lesson that we have learned from the life of Daniel. As we review our lives, we see how many times that it couldn't be said of us that we were without fault. People may have found fault in us, not in the law of our God, but because we ourselves were disobedient. Lord, we pray, please have mercy on us and forgive us for all the times that even in our businesses, people found fault with us legitimately. We want to be like Daniel, who they would only find fault in with respect to the law of his God. May that be our case, O oh Lord. Many of us do not pray like we should. Please give us the grace that we would put ourselves to that situation, understanding our weaknesses and always depend on you through prayer. Increase our faith, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Oh, you have strength.
Oh my God.